Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Good evening, everybody. How is everybody today? Episode 9 of For Future Considerations. Uh, Matt Dumichel here. Of course, Manny Pava and John Rashad as well as we get ready to, uh, I guess, recap uh, what was a week, to say the least, in the world of sports. After we signed off with Steve Bell last week, we thought, okay, how, what are we going to talk about next week? There's not a lot going on. <laughs> But oh my goodness, all the topics this week. How you doing, Matt? Good, good. How are you? What good. are you drinking tonight? Uh, I got some vodka water tonight, okay. although my glass is getting pretty empty here right know. now. Where, where's your drink? I, I don't even have one. Oh my this, goodness. This, this is going to be our worst show. <laughs> John, we're shocked. Can you believe Save Matt us. does not have a drink? Wow. That 12-step program's really working. <laughs> if, <laughs> well, just like our timer at the beginning, I've been doing step three four times in a row. So <laughs> your apology is coming soon. Don't worry. John, what's going on in Greg County? How much, yeah. how much snow? Uh, actually, it's starting to melt today because we got above zero, but we had a lot last week. So it's nice that we're finally digging out a little bit. This is great because you don't need a fridge. You just put your beer outside, right? Mm-hmm. In the snowbank? I have stick? done that. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Oh, no, that's the great. Backyard, just go right out the back door and plunk it right into the snow. Yeah. So what are you drinking tonight? I have a McLean's Blonde. Okay. Oh, going back to the McLean's. That is a good yeah. one. That is a good one. Yeah. Did um, Did you guys uh, see the news Tuesday about Tiger Woods? Yeah. Whoa, oh, that's, that's wild. A, that's a bit scary, isn't it? Sure is. Sure is. I mean, you know, well, everything's coming out day by day here, hour by hour, it seems, when it first starts. But um, every every report I've seen or every indicator I've seen is that he's he's lucky to still be on this side of the ground, which is unbelievable. Really is. He's serious but non-life-threatening injuries. Mm-hmm. So we're we're glad that he's okay, even though he has he has had surgery again. Yeah. Um, but at this time. You're thinking more about Tiger the person and not Tiger the golfer, right? Yeah, this for sure. Is a father of kids, and um, you know, you think about him and his family, and you know, it's fortunate no one else was involved in such a mm-hmm. serious crash as well. Yeah, and the the police in the press conference that they did on Tuesday were talking about that stretch of road is is a bit weavy, and uh, people speed up, and they, they don't know how to control the the speed of the road, but it, it sounds like uh, there's a bit of a hill there, and he careened off of one thing and, and kept hitting one or two other things afterwards, flipped a couple of times, and it's crazy. The, the uh, police officer that was part of the press conference that I had watched there was saying that uh, you know the, the style of the vehicle, I guess the security features of the vehicle, were probably a huge factor in him still being alive today so i mean you can imagine if he was just driving you know like uh, rashad's tricycle or uh <laughs> my my old uh 2002 cavalier i mean that's uh that's not gonna end well right i had an old cavalier too did you i had an o2 yeah. for forever and then um 2015 um my daughter had been born and and it was kind of like it's time to get something with a little more room here and uh so i was starting to look for a new car and uh got rear-ended by uh 
a girl that was texting uh, while I was sitting at a red light, and she made the decision for me. So, <laughs> well, that's so, one well, way to get a new car, right? Yeah. So this uh, this car's uh, all dented to hell, and uh, it would uh, it's not worth the tires that are on it. So we're just going to give you a check here, and you can go get something else. <laughs> Uh, we're coming off a huge high last week, too. Thanks again to Steve Bell for being mm-hmm. on the, not one, but two episodes. Beller loves to talk. So when we said, can you do two, he was more than happy to to be a part of it. But he shared some great stories about broadcasting, sports, mm-hmm. uh, hockey, covering the OHL. And plus, he shared in on some of the debate that we had. So that was a lot of fun. Rash- John Rashad, our producer, was able to put two great shows together. If If you didn't catch them, we highly recommend mm-hmm. you go back and listen to them on wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Just search for Four Future Considerations, and you'll be able to hear that. And on the show today, we're going to play Rapid Fire, and we have some interesting subjects for you as well. We'll talk about Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby after both NHL superstars were recognized last week for major milestones. Mm-hmm. We'll also have our play of the week, and we'll talk about a massive contract in Major League Baseball. But first, let's talk about a big trade, the third QB to be traded this offseason in the NFL. Wentz. Keeps it, looking, firing, end zone, he's got a touchdown! Yeah, after Jared Goff and Matt Stafford get traded, my boy Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz goes to the Colts, who were who have been quarterback hungry since uh, Philip Rivers uh, decided to retire. Yeah, so Carson Wentz, what did he get traded for, Rashad? He was traded by the Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round pick this year and a conditional second-round pick next year that could turn into a first-rounder. So, Manny, you're the Eagles fan. What do you think about that trade? Well, uh, I have a lot of mixed mixed emotions about this, to be quite honest with you. The first thing that comes to mind is, how did this go so wrong so fast? So fast. That was... That's that's the big thing, you know. I mean, you, you know, and I'll let you continue, but you, you've got a statue, and everybody's referencing this statue now outside the stadium with two guys that basically changed the franchise, and within a couple years, they're both gone now. Yeah, um, Carson Wentz leads the team in 2017 before he gets hurt, playing at an MVP level. Nick Foles comes in, and Doug Peterson, they call uh, the Philly Philly, the Philly special, and get the statue made of them. But Carson, everybody thought he was he was the savior for this team. They signed him 10 months ago to a huge deal. Just 10 months ago, mm-hmm. less than a year ago, $128 million four-year deal, and then it goes to... Hell in a handbasket, really. So the main things that come to mind for me, guys, are two things. The Eagles broke their franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that. As an Eagles fan, I truly believe the Eagles broke their quarterback. But I also think that Carson Wentz deserves some of the blame here. And I'll tell you why. I don't like the deal. Um, Going back to your original question, because I think the Eagles could have gotten more. But... Uh, I I put an asterisk on that, and I'll get to that in a moment. But the Eagles didn't need a QB. They had Carson Wentz. As I said, they signed him to this $128 million deal. They had other needs on this team, but yet they draft a QB in the second round Mm -hmm. in Jalen Hurts. Now the guy that you wanted and the guy that you paid is gone because 
he felt betrayed by the team. He felt betrayed by Howie. A team that, rightly or wrongly, treated him like the franchise. Sort of created a sense of entitlement mm. around Carson Wentz. So what do you do? You're human. If you're John Rashad, Matt, or myself, all of a sudden everybody's throwing money at you, mm -hmm. creating this sense of entitlement that you have. And all of a sudden you have to look back over your shoulder because they drafted a guy in the second round when you need a wide receiver, when you need offensive linemen, mm -hmm. when the defense could use players. That doesn't make me very comfortable in my skin. Philly should have known better. They should have known better than drafting a QB in the second round. Now, everybody's going to be saying, well, what's Carson Wentz's problem with this? Well, he thought he deserved to be QB1, but didn't want to compete mm -hmm. for the job. So what does that tell you? It's a bit of a baby, a bit of a prima yeah. donna, right? Mm -hmm. When the going gets tough, don't you, don't you want to get going? Don't you want to be a fighter? Don't you want to accept the challenge and show everybody? And that's where I think Carson Wentz didn't do that. Yeah, and and I, I I can agree with that point for sure. I, I think you know again for from from Philly side of things, and and the comparison that I come up with is is Aaron Rodgers and, and how Aaron Rodgers has continuously talked about you're not making this team any better around me, um, and and that to that point specifically is what Carson Wentz is talking about. You know, you like you said, we have other needs. You need to protect me. Because I keep getting hurt, and I've got to scramble out of the pocket, and I'm hurting my legs and whatever else he's he's been going down with over his career. And then in the second round, you took a quarterback. Like that's we don't need that. You got you got me, and that just again shows that you know you you don't have the faith that you thought you did when we just signed this massive deal, and and then you know everything was kosher. Uh, I don't know what the relationship was like with him and Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson doesn't sound now, very good. Does it? <laughs> no, and it, and it, that's just it. Like Doug Peterson's now gone. So Carson Wentz is thinking, okay, maybe you know I we'll see what what happens here. And now he's the one that's gone. So. Philly's done a complete 180 on this. Um, as far as the the Colts themselves, I, I think it's a great deal for them. Uh, again, you know, he uh, Chris Ballard's the GM in uh, Indianapolis. He's been looking for a quarterback. He was uh, in on uh, on Stafford at some extent. Um, I don't know if they had any conversations with the Rams about Jared Goff. Um, I don't think they were ever going to get Deshaun Watson being traded within a division like that. But he had to go get a quarterback. I don't think they really paid all that much and he's certainly shown in his career as a general manager that he's not afraid to trade those first round draft picks those second round draft picks so uh you know i think that puts them in a real good spot i think he realizes that the window is is not closing but uh you know every year it, it's starting to get a little bit smaller and, and he has to make a move and, and i think they're okay with with carson wentz there i think that team is good enough that they can win a super bowl if carson wentz is the quarterback um i i just to me the whole story is just baffling of of how Things went so bad so quick. Yeah, from from a Colts perspective, I like the deal for them because mm -hmm. I, I think it's a, a moderate risk. You know, Carson did not play well last year. Mm -hmm. He was among the worst quarterbacks in the league. Mm -hmm. However, just three years ago, he was on a MVP track. So right, and think, Frank Reich, of course, there's the connection right. there. So that's certainly a comfort for him, and he gets an opportunity to work with a, a coach that he's been comfortable with and had success with. So right. So I look at it as a moderate risk, but a high reward mm -hmm. for the Colts. And it, and the Colts know when. You mentioned about Frank Reich. They also have 
uh, Mike Groh and Press Taylor, two guys who worked with Carson Wentz in Philly. Mm -hmm. So he has that trust factor yeah. already built in Indy. Colts have the cap space and draft picks to build around him. And Chris Ballard is a way better GM than Howie Roseman. Right? <laughs> so so I, I think that's that stands out. Plus, um, they have uh, a better offensive line. Mm -hmm. They have better um, skill players yeah. around yeah. him. So all of a sudden, you put all these things in, and all, you can see how the Colts should be able to fix Carson Wentz. He gets a clean slate, mm -hmm. existing trust, better weapons. Um, he's reasonable cap hit, yeah. 25, 22, 25, 26 million over the next four years. That's the going rate for quarterbacks. Yeah, for sure. But I don't mind the Eagles returning this and that. If, if Carson is going to excel in this, and we all believe he mm -hmm. is, if he plays 75% of the snaps, the second rounder becomes a first rounder. Or if he plays 70% and they make the playoffs, it becomes the second rounder becomes a first rounder. Yeah. So I think from the Eagles standpoint, to get a first rounder out of this was pretty good because at times mm -hmm. it didn't look like that was going to happen. But let me leave you with this stat from Field Gates of ESPN. Not a single QB drafted. Mm -hmm. In the first round from 2009 to 2016 is with their original team. That's, that's wild. I, I saw that, and that, that to me is wild. You know, you talk about the the hot uh, seat that coaches are in. You talk about uh, different players that have different pressures and stuff. There really is not a position, uh, and, and I mean this front office as well, that is is more pressure filled than the quarterback of an NFL team. I mean, that's that's just the, a, a prime example of it. You know, you spend just in the guaranteed money when those de deals get signed on draft day or after draft day, and you've already seen that turn the corner. That's that's wild. Uh, to go to our, our poll question as well, we did do a poll question right. on Twitter, and you can follow us at Podcast FFC on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. We did ask who uh, you guys thought uh, was the winner of that deal. It was resounding. The, the Colts at 85 5%. 10 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10% 10
He is so so my answer to this is the same and and you have to compare it now to you know the Mookie Betts deal the Mike Trout deal is is what they do with it the the Angels the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim California whatever whatever they're they're being called this year they signed Mike Trout to a massive deal like this and they have not done a single thing to help him or or put that team in a better spot San Diego's already probably done more than than the Angels have in Mike Trout's time just in the last off season what did the Angels do they signed Pujols yeah they got Pujols which was fine uh, massive deal Justin Upton I think they gave a and lot of money they got too, and, then, and that's it right? that's been it yeah, yeah. So you're right. I think the Padres have done. Yeah. So, so is he worth it? Probably yes. Um, to to that kind of a deal, um, the position that he plays, the skill level that he has, um, you know, his his willingness that, that as far as the options and stuff, there's not a ton of options uh, in this deal for either team uh, or for either team or or player. Um, so, I mean, he's he's locked in. He's he's a Padre. He's the next Tony Gwynn. So uh, for for him. Uh, Obviously, it's a it's a great deal. I think for the team, if that's the way that you want to lock him up, um, he only had a couple years left before he was even going to become a free agent and avoiding arbitration and all of that. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like a willing deal for both sides. But for me, the deal gets decided if it's worth it, if the San Diego Padres can build a team around it and not just leave him kind of as a, a lone star uh, at his position like the Angels have done with Mike Trout. Come on, Matt, John, $340 million here. Mm-hmm. I know it's over 14 years, but that's a lot of money. What's going on in baseball where the owners were crying poor and all of a mm-hmm. sudden they're throwing this money around? Now, I hear your argument. Tatis plays a premium position at mm-hmm. shortstop, right? He's not an outfielder, a corner outfielder for that matter either. Right. Um, but this guy's getting paid. On 143 games played. Mm-hmm. He's only played 143 games. Yeah. I love his bravado, but he finished fourth in MVP voting in the National League mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Behind Freeman, behind Betts, behind Machado, uh, his, his partner yeah, in yeah, yeah. San Diego. He's 22 years old, so will he play 14 years? Yes, I think he'll yeah. play, unless he gets seriously hurt. He's going to play 14 years, and maybe there'll be a time where I eat my words, and this proves to be a pretty decent deal uh-huh. over, the, over the years because it's 14 years. But $340 million, I just cannot fathom. And then the other thing that really sticks out in my head is, you know, is Betts the better player? He's an outfielder. Okay. What about Acuna mm-hmm. Jr.? What about the uh, Soto, yeah. uh, Juan Soto in Washington? These are pretty good players that don't make that money. And then I look at the other shortstops. If your argument is he plays a premium position, does that mean Lindor and Baez and Trevor Story, three guys who are free agents, mm-hmm. are they going to get this type of money in the offseason? Uh, I don't, they're not going to get the years. Um, but. I wouldn't be surprised at, at the way the way baseball works, and this is you know we have this conversation all the time when we talk about baseball. It, baseball is an unfair game. I mean, three hundred and forty million dollars on uh, on that one player. You know, you look at some of these other teams, and, and baseball is one of the few teams that, or one of the few sports that I think at the beginning of the year you can get a general idea of who's going to be good and who's going to be not not as good, and it's totally based off payroll. 
Like the San Diego Padres are going all in. I, they've got the new stadium. They've got uh, uh, some outstanding young players. They've got a good farm system coming up. Now, I flip this to the Tigers. If the Tigers had a stud, uh, anyone, please, for the love of God, can we please just have somebody? You know, Will there be a day that Spencer Torkelson will be worth 14-year, uh, $340 million? I hope so. Because it means he's a damn good player, but would I want the Tigers throwing out that kind of money? Probably not, because we've seen how some of those contracts go. Well, at least he's signing, Tatis is signing his deal a lot earlier than Cabby signed his deal in Detroit. Yeah, right? and that's just, you know, and, and we, we reference the Miguel Cabrera trade all the time. W- was that trade worth it? Well, you win a World Series in there, of course it is. Yeah, everybody knew that these last few years were going to be bad, and we're going to have to suffer through some some old Miggy, uh, some not as powerful Miggy, uh, not as, in, not as uh, intimidating in the lineup, and you knew that there weren't going to be a lot of guys around him, but you win a World Series in there, it's, it's all worthwhile to me so I, I still think it was a worthwhile deal worthwhile deal for the tigers um rashad if you owned a baseball team we've seen you at a casino <laughs> when you're putting a few bucks on the table <laughs> how would you react throwing around 340 million dollars to one guy <laughs> uh, I was actually just going to ask uh, Matt this because Matt's got a little bit of experience. In, At the uh, casino? <laughs> <laughs> now, talking about uh, making deals and uh, lineups and that kind of thing. Like, do other teams in baseball, do they uh, call up the Padres and go, what are you doing? You're killing us here because now everybody's tide rises. Now all the boats rise with that. Yep. Where, now the value of everybody goes up. Yeah, you're not wrong because uh, you know when when you get the next young star that's coming up. That's and, and you know Fernando Tatis Jr. from from all accounts is a a franchise generational player. Um, if the next franchise general um, you know player that comes out that that's a general a generational type player, uh, they're going to use this now as a as a benchmark for sure, and that's just going to raise the game for everybody else. So no, I've never believed the owners when they cry poor. I've never believed that baseball's out of money. And, you know, the free agent thing has been a story over the last couple of years. The teams are talking about how players aren't signing and how the the, the winter uh, hot stove doesn't start cooking until February anyway. Look, there's plenty of money to throw around when you want to put a, a player like that uh, under lock and, and keep him wherever he is. What's Bo Bichette going to ask for from your Blue Jays? Rashad. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, guess. <laughs> I think the Blue Jays are going to be reluctant to pay it. That's what uh, we always see. Uh, you can see Rashad well. getting a hammer and nail on the wallet. <laughs> Not even uh, Velcro. He's bolting that thing closed. As reluctant as it. John Rashad was to play that 50 cent yeah. chip at Caesars Windsor. It wasn't even his money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember the first time I was ever in a casino. My mom handed me $20 and she said, oh, go uh, play the slots. And I came back about 10 minutes later and she goes, was that fun? And I'm like, no, I could have bought a CD with that. (laughs) I just remember that summer 2017 at the Memorial Cup celebration in Windsor. John came down. My brother Joey was in town. Joey kept (laughs) appearing and disappearing from the... The after party upstairs. Uh, at, at the end, Joey wasn't able to get up the stairs as uh, pockets were too heavy. <laughs> With chips. That, 
that and he was arguing with Colby Armstrong about politics right. in the U.S. That's right. And then we get down there. Joey's going to teach us uh, how to play roulette. Joey loses at least 50% of his money right there. Gives uh, one of his uh, chips uh, to Rashad. Rashad panics and just throws it in the air and runs in the bathroom. And <laughs> I'm out. Ah! I can't handle this pressure. Oh, man. Speaking of guys who can't handle the pressure, we want to give uh, Shane a next level oh. athletics. <laughs> I, was him, I was going to give him the spin that he, that, that's his membership fees for 14 years, $340 million. But. Oh, it's a, a little bit cheaper than that if you just, join next level athletics. Just a bit. Uh, Shane has many plans that would help you with financing and. <laughs> $340 million, but he is based in Windsor. He specializes in sport training and nutrition to prepare your body for the next level. And he sponsors our play of the week. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh my God. Oh, wow. Which comes from the world of the NBA this week. Exclamation point! Wow, Bobby got his feelings hurt on this one. I mean, that is absolutely filthy. There have been very few in-game dunks that have looked like that. Put that on a poster. Oh my, what a dunk that was. That was sick, nasty, and disgusting. (laughs) We, We may not talk a lot about basketball on this show, on this podcast. We will. We promise we will, but... Even though it was against the Raptors, and some of us are Raptors fans here, yeah, that was an incredible <laughs> that was, dunk. That was huge. Yeah, there's everybody. Of course, wants to go to the. Oh, this is the goal of the year. This is the save of the year. That was the dunk of the year. Like, I don't know how you're gonna. How are you gonna beat that? Anthony Edwards, good for you on the dunk of the year. I'm saying it right now. We're all agreeing that's the dunk of the year right now. And now it's time to talk some hockey, boys. Then McDavid ahead, Pugliarvi breaks in, scores! Whistled over the shoulder of Connor Hellebuck, and Edmonton strikes first, Pugliarvi's fourth, and it's 1-0. Give McDavid an assist, and point number 500 comes in game 3-6-9. Connor McDavid recorded his 500th career point last week in just his 369th game. That's the exact same mark achieved by Sidney Crosby. We'll talk about Sid the Kid in a moment, but uh, when it's all said and done, where do you think McDavid will rank? Well, he's got to rank among the best ever to play the game, I think. Yeah, I, I would say I would think um, I. I mean, he's a he's a top ten for me. Sure, um, I'd have a hard time saying top five, but um, I, I'm very comfortable saying top ten. And, and just the way he played, and, you know, the the thing about about him too. And, and I give uh, Connor McGray or Connor McDavid even more credit uh, for this. Is that team is not very good, and it's not good the entire time that he's been there. But he is, you know, hockey is a different game when you've got him and Drysidle. And really not a whole heck of a lot around him. And you still can't control those that, that duo. That is just speaks to me uh, of just how good, how crafty, how fast this kid is. I've never seen anybody carry the puck at that speed 
instantly all the time. And that that's the only way he works. I'm glad you said that because of all the years I've called OHL games and I've done some with you. The one thing that stands out about Connor McDavid and why you knew he was going to be so successful is there is nobody who can handle the puck and keep the puck on a mm. stick at that top of speed in the game. And he's been able to do that at the midget level, the bantam level, um, the junior level, and now the NHL level. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. And I think the one thing, I agree with you, he'll be a top, he's a top 10 right now. Yeah. The only way he gets into the top five is if he wins titles. Mm -hmm. He needs to win championships. And I think when you're a winner, when you're a championship winner, that is what distinguishes you from the rest of the pack. For and sure. For, for McDavid to get into the top five, he's got to win titles. Is he the early favorite for the Hart Trophy, or is there someone else out there that's uh, going to be an MVP? You know, I, if I if I had a if I had a card right now, I'm hard pressed to not write Austin Matthews' name down. I, I, totally I agree. really am. I, I think he's been absolutely phenomenal. I think he's been the the propeller of that team. Um, you know, him and, and Mitch Marner obviously have an incredible chemistry. Um, I, you know, I think the team is good. It, it, you you always look at how the how you define MVP. If you take Austin Matthews off that team, is that still a good team? It's probably, it's it's not nearly as good as they are. Um, you know, if you take McDavid off of the uh, the Oilers. Are they a good team? I don't think they are right now. And to me, that hurts McDavid in the long run. Now, if McDavid end of the, the season has a 20-point lead over everybody else, then sure. But I mean, what Austin Matthews is doing right now is pretty special. Yeah. Far and away, the leader in goals, 18 after the game Monday night where they got blanked by, by Calgary. Mm -hmm. um, but he's He's fourth in points. It's McDavid, then Dreisaitl, then Marner, then Matthews. But the way Matthews is scoring, I would write him in on my ballot and mm -hmm. McDavid number two. The only thing that I'm a little bit interested in to see if Marner, because he's playing at such a high level as well, if he takes points away from Matthews in the MVP ballot, in sure. that case. But uh, I think it's a two-horse race right now, Matthews and McDavid. And Sidney Crosby played his 1,000th career game on the weekend, all but the Penguins, of course. And the panel on Hockey Night in Canada had a short but uh, lively debate about whether Crosby's a top five all-time NHL player. Anthony Stewart had him in the top three. Where do you guys think he belongs? Uh, I think he's a lot closer to the top five than Connor McDavid is right now. Again, end of the day, what whatever McDavid does, we'll, we'll see. I mean, for me... It's Orr, Gretzky, Lemieux. In that, in that order? No order, no oh, okay. order, no order. Okay. Orr, Gretzky, Lemieux, Howe, Rocket Richard, and then probably Sidney Crosby. That's good. Like, I think Gretzky is one. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, Howe or Lemieux are two or three. Yep. And then... Um, then I think it's Crosby, and then it's Richard, and then it's Orr. Okay. Okay. Now, a lot of people are going to be mad at me for moving Orr down, mm -hmm. but um, I know he was such a gifted offensive defenseman, but he didn't play as long as some of those other guys. So um, they're all champions, too. Mm -hmm. they're, they're all champions. But I think Crosby's in my top five. Okay. Uh, I have him just on the outside, but uh, end of the day, uh, we'll we'll see where he ends up. I don't think he's it. top three. Like, Anthony Stewart's got him in the top three. three. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Who, so. Who's out of the top three? All <laughs> those guys we mentioned. That's just it. 
like Bobby Orr's not in your top three. So, I mean, if you're going to put a top three of, of how Gretzky and Orr, I mean, one of those guys you're saying is not as good as Sidney Crosby. That I've got a hard time agreeing right. with. And I got Gretzky, Lemieux, and Howe. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's not, who am I knocking off for Crosby? Yeah, I'm not for knocking sure. anybody off. For sure. No mention of Trevor Linden. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> well, I thought Pavel Burry would get more votes than your boy Linden. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That's one thing I was going to say. Um, Connor McDavid kind of reminds me of acceleration with the puck. The only other player growing up at West that he, that I've seen like that is a, is a Pavel Bure who can control the puck at that speed. And there weren't many players as fast as Bury no. at the no. time that he played in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Like his speed was so outstanding because nobody else was as fast as yeah. him when he played, when he was in his prime. Yeah. That's a good segue into our rapid fire. You guys ready? Let's go. And keeping with the theme of hockey, the NHL resumed its stadium series at Lake Tahoe on the weekend. Some spectacular scenery, but they ran into some issues on Saturday between the Avalanche and the Golden Knights. What do you guys think of the NHL games? Have they run their course or are they still worth doing? Uh, there's too many of them. They've, uh, yeah. they, they've become... like I like the idea of playing at Lake Tahoe because the scenery was so good, but um, I'd rather just keep it to one game a year and maybe it's just the winter classic um i know they're talking about playing in alberta uh at banff or or lake louise or something Mm -hmm. like that in the future make it the outdoor classic between the flames and the oilers and that's it like why do we have to have these stadium series games now that are played across the u.s and in some cases you're gonna get beat by mother nature as Mm -hmm. though as was the case saturday great scenery but there's too many of them now yeah I, i'm kind of over it guys um you know when when you put it in a, in a place like that you know obviously it was beautiful every every satellite uh, image that we had uh, from every drone that was there i mean it's it's stunning it, it was the best looking outdoor game i've ever seen but ultimately i mean these games count this is a shortened season you had guys that couldn't cross the red line without falling on their face i mean that's not hockey anymore and to me you you know having a game at noon is is a network decision ultimately that it's you know it's going to be aired and it's going to be on national tv so they're going to put it at noon that time doesn't work you play the game at midnight and and everything is okay because that's when the weather works so now i'm the the one thing that i will say and and this won't go over well either is i like the outdoor games with no people I, I, I really like that with no crowd there. I actually liked it a little bit more, but I'm I'm done with it. Uh, I'm uh, same with Manny. Uh, you know, one on the New Year's Day is is fine. The Stadium Series, the Heritage Classic. I, I think they've I think they've run out, guys. Mike Babcock is coaching again, hired by the University of Saskatchewan. Do you think he'll coach in the NHL, or is his time in the league done? Uh, I believe in second chances. I think he will. He's coached already 17 years in the NHL. I think he's 57 years old, so he is getting up there. But coaches are a little bit older. He's won a cup. He's won two gold medals. I think somebody in the NHL will give him a shot again. 
I, I definitely think somebody in the NHL is going to give him a shot. I don't think he's going to take it. I, I think this is going to be his his coaching spot. I, you know, he is a uh, a guy that has you know grown up in that kind of area in that kind of setting. Um, I think a lot of things went wrong for him at the end of Toronto. I know that he's talking about some of the criticism and stuff that he was getting afterwards. Unfair criticism. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and it's it, it's most of the the stuff he's talking about. It's it's hard to to argue against his point um, no I, I think I, I think he's uh, he's going to be able to go there I think with when you're playing at that kind of level it takes some years to build a program um, most university coaches in Canada I mean it's the coach's decision to leave opposed to the school depending on the program the money invested and all that I think he's got an open-ended ticket to be there until he's whatever and again I mean if he coaches there 10 years now he's knocking on 70 I, I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's getting out of that. I don't think that's him. Um, I think his. I thought his last chance was Seattle. If, if he was going to interested in Seattle and they had mutual interest, that if he took Seattle, then he was he was good and, and ready to go in the NHL. I just don't think he's going to go back. Uh, I think he's going to be settled in just fine at the U. I don't know. I think he's paid his penance for the Mitch Marner ranking mm-hmm. fiasco in Toronto. Uh, I think he'll get another shot, although you do bring up a good point. Does he want to come back mm-hmm. to the NHL? Seattle Mariners president and CEO Kevin Mather resigned one day after a video surfaced of him sharing his thoughts on prospects, Kyle Sager being overpaid, and his displeasure with paying interpreters. Should he have resigned or should he have been fired? Well, if he wasn't re- resigning, he should have been fired. Yeah, I don't think he should have been given the option to resign. I, yeah. I think you have to blow this guy away. You basically, in the headline that I sent you in the Seattle Times, <laughs> was how Kevin Mather, it only took him 45 minutes to completely insult every, you know, I, I don't think he talked about um, every <laughs> group or, or minority, but man, and he checked off a lot of boxes of players that are in his organization that you know Seattle is is a very you know Asian culture and they've got a bunch of Asian players their greatest player of all time is, is Ichiro and you know he didn't know any English when he came over either so uh, I, I think he did a, a, a incredible disservice I, I don't think he should have been able to resign because I assuming that he gets to keep his pension and, and those kind of things I think this is somebody that just has to disappear and pay the price how do you insult players and think that's okay yeah. like in public yeah, yeah. Like throughout this, and I'm assuming this is not a scripted speech. Right. I haven't seen any video of it, but like I couldn't tell you as a as a CEO and president of right. a major league baseball team, I don't know if there's enough drugs in <laughs> or or alcohol at whether it's a Rotary Club or not. I mean, uh, you know, who else is really bad, Kyle Seager. <laughs> I could. You, I would be. I would lose the ability to speak before I would be able to go up there and be like, you know what I hate is having to pay interpreters for some of my players. He insults his best prospects, his best player. Unbelievable. It's as dumb a move as we'll ever see. And the Australian Open wrapped up, and I know I'm a tennis fan. Did you, either of you guys end up watching? It's over? <laughs> I didn't watch Wait it. Wait a second. <laughs> Who won? I heard your boy Djokovic won. Did I get that right? Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. Your boy. Is it, is it your parents that that hate him? Or where does that come from? I, yeah, it's just the arrogance. Okay. The cockiness and the arrogance. Yeah, they can't stand it. It's not it. arrogance. He's confident. <laughs> wow. I mean, he's a, is that nine now for him? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he I backs think, it up. I saw I Serena lost, right? Yes. Oh, she lost? Yep. She lost. <laughs> yes. I saw, uh, so Rashad, I'll be honest with you, I saw one highlight, uh, actually two highlights of the Australian Open. One was uh, one of the female players shattering her, uh, her racket, which I always find amusing. And then who's the one guy that's a, a bit of a... a, a a psycho on the men's tour that hit the ball between his legs and like was just in in regular pace walking and and knocked it over the uh, net. Wasn't Jeannie Bouchard? Oh, da- a doubles partner with him or yeah. dating him? Dating or him? Or thought, like that? I you thought it was Krigos or something like that. I know who exactly who you're. Talking I think about. it was him. Anyways, it was a pretty nice uh, nice hit. But no, that's all I saw. Actually, <laughs> the only tennis i saw was before we were recording two weeks ago and since the, i think uh i think the canadian lost a bianca addressed you and yep. i never watched a yeah. minute again <laughs> and then actually there was another tournament that was happening at the same time it was originally supposed to be a warm-up tournament but because of covid they scheduled it at the same time on the same grounds so she went and played in that tournament <laughs> and got bounced from that tournament as well <laughs> She's off to a rough start. Oh, this things year. are going well. <laughs> yeah, she got a bit of prize money out of Australia, but that was about it. So. Uh, Disney is making a movie about David Ayers, the Zamboni driver who uh, played emergency goalie for Carolina and backstopped the Hurricanes to a victory over the Leafs. Hardly anyone talked about that. <laughs> are you guys planning on watching that? Movie? One year ago this week. Oh, that was such a great storyline. That really. <laughs> That carried a few years now, and I think I think it continuously will. And I, th- I think what makes it is the way that he handled it, and, and his family has handled it since. And uh, you know, his wife is fairly active on Twitter, and still talking about it and stuff. And, and it's more of just like, I still can't believe you played, <laughs> you won. <laughs> so yeah, I'll watch it. I'm yeah, sure they'll put their it. own spin on it. My question to you guys is, who's going to play him? Ooh. Because I got a picture of him up in here. I don't know, Rashad, if you can Google him or not. Ryan Reynolds. Okay, I was looking at uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Uh, Canadian boy. We got to get Kiefer on the show to see if he'll Kiefer, be tapped. We're gonna be. We're gonna negotiate the deal between <laughs> Disney, Kiefer Sutherland, and the the Carolina Hurricanes on the show. That we won't even ask for money. Don't. <laughs> We I won't just, even ask for it. I want to get a picture with him again. <laughs> Did Matt just become Kiefer Sutherland's agent? Is that what just That's happened? exactly what I'm happened. saying. Look, you either get 24 back going again. I watched the show that he had on the the fugitive that he had on that uh, on the the one network uh, that was for cell phones. That it's it's long gone already. It was it was fine. Wasn't uh, he a president in one series? He too? was the president in the Designated Survivor, right. which was a great show. And, uh, and I don't think they surrounded him with good, good enough storylines or cast. No, I, I think it's time for a revival. It's Kiefer Sutherland's revival. His first introduction to Disney. I, I mean, he could end up playing Mufasa in the, the live uh, Lion King at some point if uh, if it goes well. Whoa, he's pumping his tires. Yeah, I, think, I think it's a great fit. I think it's a great fit. <laughs> And uh, Daft Punk, we have to mention this. They've announced they're breaking up yeah. after 28 years. Uh, I remember the song that was popular when we were in Chicago. <laughs> uh, what do you think is their best song? She's up all night to the sun. I'm up all night to get some. She's up all night for good fun. I'm up all night to get lucky. That's got to be their best song. Come on. <laughs> you you still sing Get Lucky, don't you, Rashad? It's his, oh, it's yeah. his ringtone. My ringtone. <laughs> 
Get Lucky is such a great song. The only one I would possibly challenge with that is One More Time. It's a great song, too. But, man, like, you, you have to picture it. And, and we've got to put pictures of ourselves up here so you can really, really uh, see John Rashad in the middle of a dance floor. Get Lucky comes on. The shirt comes off. It's spinning over his head like a helicopter. He's got five, six women around him just throwing money. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Yeah, and then he's pulling out the the shopping cart, yeah, the he was, subway, he was the, doing the sprinkler, the, the whole sprinkler. thing. All the dance yep. moves came out. It is, it's an unbelievable scene. <laughs> That's right. The Chicago Bulls championships happened in that city, but they're still talking about our visit. <laughs> well, we're still paying for our visit, so. <laughs> and on that note, that's our show for the day. <laughs> but remember, we will be back on Friday for a special edition of the OT this Friday. Yeah, and you can follow us in between on social media. Man, we do a lot of social media yes. stuff. Manny has figured stuff. out this this is the jigamadig or something like that, where you can you can play some of the clips on the social media thing so you just get uh, a real quick sample and, and all we get is uh is messages uh you know just like our our wives and girlfriends so that's it <laughs> you don't have any more than that it's, it's 90 seconds uh, <laughs> I, I like the memes yeah i like matt and matt's the meme guy so yeah, he's so, putting out some really good memes on social media you can follow us on podcast ffc on twitter and instagram and we're on Facebook, just search for future considerations. Yeah, and when you're listening to this podcast, you want to listen to the Steve Bell episodes that we had last week uh, as well. Incredible in-depth uh, interview with uh, with one of the best in the business there. Uh, you can find all of the past episodes, future episodes, all of that on all of the networks where you would find your favorite podcasts. Spotify, Apple iTunes, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and uh, Google Podcasts as well. And you can also email us with your feedback, suggestions, and show ideas, even your own hot takes if you agree or disagree if you want to get into a heated daft punk debate with us at four future considerations at gmail.com yeah some great feedback over the last week uh, uh <laughs> can someone send us a heated daft punk debate topic please? right if you don't like one more time or get lucky we want to hear from you <laughs> for future considerations at gmail.com. Big shout out to uh, Rob who listened in, uh, Lynn, uh, as well as uh, Luke listened in, and Jeff. Uh, congratulations to, uh, to our winners, uh, Troy and Ryan. Yep. They have won some of the games we've played on the podcast, and we are going to play another game this coming friday is when the new podcast will drop and a special edition of the ot tune in for that that's, that's right we got the missing link coming up on friday and oh i got a good one for you guys okay something to look forward to hope you enjoyed this episode thanks for listening to for future considerations that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion in my opinion that sucked the mentality's awful their attitude's awful it's been their mo for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.